will be 98 years old. We did the math. We can. We went that a while. We know how to do. We did learn how to add and subtract a little bit. But the title of the sermon again is going to reflect because I've had on my mind. I've been working on this for two or three weeks. And uh, but even though none of the graduates are here this morning, they were all up in the early service. But still, the word of God's the same for everybody. And so I want you to think about 40 years, 40 days, and 40 seconds. The number 40 is significant number in the Bible. You know that. God used it to mark either particular events or situations regarding his people Israel. He did that oftentimes. Sometimes it was judgment against the nation. Sometimes it was an individual person that either God trained, God tested them, or, or a person was used for a specific task for 40 days. It was given us that. Now, I added the 40 seconds. I don't know if there's any scriptures that says this shall happen in 40 seconds, but I'll make a point out of that because a lot can happen in 40 seconds. So last night we graduated. Um, I remember standing in the gym 40 years ago, Mr. Bob Cartrett. Some of you remember him. He was our principal at the time. I knew him as Coach Cartrett. He coached before that. But I remember, and I think I've shared this with you all before, that I remember very clearly something he said to our graduating class or around a little over 200 I think it was 201 202 and uh, he had us very specifically and intentionally look at one another now I'm 17 I had not turned 18 years old my birthday's in August but you know at 17 I'm like you know we're kind of looking around and making faces at each other but he said and he was right I, I probably didn't take it as seriously as I should that night but he said Many of your principals or whoever spoke to you right before you went out on the field may have said something to you like, this is the last time that this group will ever meet together. And I thought, well, how does he know that? He was right. He did know that because of military, because of death, because of moving away for whatever reasons. And last night, I don't know how many we had there last night, but it certainly was not that many. And then... Dale Bradford, one of our classmates, he did the video where we showed pictures, but he, he began to show, and they announced beforehand that we were going to show pictures of those who had passed away. There was between 25 and 30 of us, and we weren't able to contact everybody, but 26, 27 people that we had have already died in my graduating class. Kind of sobering, kind of bumbling. We, we were enjoying seeing each other, but the reality of that, and, and some of them I didn't know until last night that passed away some I had heard about but 40 days 40 years 40 seconds now I have experienced in the last 40 years and of course I've been on this earth 58 years it sounds funny to say that I can remember things that happened 50 years ago plus and some of you again are probably going that's nothing some of you that celebrated your 60 or your 70 year graduation but still in those years in that time a lot can happen, and I thank God I've experienced some wonderful, joyful, absolute joyful things. But you know, on this journey too, all of us face some things that we had no clue that were going to be in our journey. Some tough things, horrible things that you and I have faced. But God has been with us through it all. And we're holding on to his hand and we're allowing him to control our hearts. The scripture I've chosen is Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter. Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 through 6. Every commandment which I command you today, 
you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. So we know this is after Moses has taken them out. He's given them the promised land. But then it says this in verse 2, And you shall remember the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years. God intentionally, specifically chose 40 years in the wilderness. And then he gave a list of things of why he chose to put you in the wilderness for 40 years. What has God taught you in the last 40 years? And those of you that are younger than younger than 40, or those of you that are teenagers, what has God taught you in the last 40 years? What have you learned in the last, what have you learned in walking with God in the last 40 days? I'm going to lead you for 40 years in the wilderness and here's some things I'm going to teach you. I'm going to humble you. I'm going to test you. For you to know what's in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. This is interesting, verse 4. Your garments did not wear out on you. You remember reading that? Your garments did not wear out on you. And then it says, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Now I noticed in my graduating class, not only have my feet swollen, but my waistline and my thighs, and I'm about 50 pounds over what I weighed in high school. Dr. Goodwin's been working on me about that. But anyway, a lot can happen in 40 years, but their garments didn't even change. Verse 5, You shall know in your heart that a man chastens his son and his daughter, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore, and he gives three specific things again. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. There's about seven things there he wanted them to get out of this 40 years. What have you learned walking with God for the last 40 years? Then I want to read to you in James, the fourth chapter. James 4, verses 13 and 14. Come now. You who say today or tomorrow we will go in such and such a city and we're going to spend a year there, we're going to buy, we're going to sell, and we're going to make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I can tell you I've thought about it a lot this week and boom, 40 years is like a vapor is gone. Some of you can testify to that. Grandmother Beck used to tell me that, son, the older you get, the faster it goes. It's like a vapor can go and some of you are nodding your heads because you know, wow, the years have gone by so quick like a vapor compared to eternity for sure. Dr. David Siemens was a professor that I had at Asbury Seminary. He preached a sermon on James, the fourth chapter. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. I remember his sermon title. It's a good one. I wanted to hear what he was going to say. The sermon title from James 4 that he preached was, Tomorrow Has Been Canceled. Well, I wanted to hear what he had to say. Because tomorrow may not come. Forty years. 
Let me share with you a couple of dreams. Now, I realize my classmates are not here, but this will relate to you. Have any of you had a reoccurring dream? Now, I don't know that it's lasted for 40 years, but I remember having this dream still up in my 40s, all the way back from high school. Y'all remember when they gave you that locker and they gave you three numbers that you had to remember, and you had to remember which way to turn it to the right, how many times to the left to get back to the second number, and then go the other way. See, this was all a test. And I can remember being scared to death that I was going to forget my combination or how many times to turn that stupid lock. And I can remember being in school, and I have still had this reoccurring dream. I don't know how many times through the years. And I'd, I would wake up praising God that it was not happening because the bell would be ringing, and I couldn't remember my combination. Mr. Rouser, the principal, he was coming down the hallway with a paddle, and I'm trying to tell me I'm not the only one. If anybody in here, please tell me, yes, thank you. Somebody's had that reoccurring dream. Another one I had was Miss Steffi, great teacher. She taught English. She was going to prepare us for college. And my mother was the librarian at Etowah High School, so I rode to school every day with a librarian. So I was supposed to know everything. And so every teacher would call on me because Miss Beck was my mother in the library, and I hid behind Marianne Bailey Lewis. You know, she was Bailey. We were in an alphabetical order, Beck. So I'm right behind Marianne. I mean, the whole, the whole year I hid so Miss Steffi couldn't see my face. And I prayed, please, God, don't let her call on me. Again, a dream I had for many years. Miss Steffi, when she would call on you, oftentimes if you couldn't answer the question, she would say, what else? Well, the participle, what else? Well, the run on, what else? And I can remember waking up again in a cold sweat of hearing Miss Steffi going, what else? What else? Now, this was not a dream. This was a reality. We had a coach by the name of Coach Turk, African-American, nine feet tall. When you're in junior high, Henson, along that age, you know, I promise you, he was nine foot tall. He had a four-foot paddle. And we were in the gym one day, and he had specifically said, I don't want any talking, boys. So we're all up in the gym in the bleachers, and Bob Jones and Steve Bryant and Harvey Beck, we're talking. It was during that time, about 40 years ago, that The Price is Right came on TV. And when they would call your name, they would say, come on down. So Coach Turk said, Beck, Jones, and Brian, come on down, boys. And y'all, I knew it was not going to be good. He reached for that paddle. I prayed that God would return right there before I got to the end of the bleachers. And y'all remember, now this is for those of you who are about my age, that was the era of the shorty shorts that we had to wear in gym. Some of y'all know it, Mark, you going, yep. Yeah. I mean, why didn't they put more cloth on them things? Shorty shorts, we had to bend over and touch our knees. Y'all, the second lick that he gave me, I saw a prophecy of the apocalypse. I promise you, it was awful. It was horrible. But memories, 40 years ago, I saw Coach Turk. Uh, a couple of years ago, spoke to him. By the way, he's not nine feet tall, but when you're age, they look, they look monstrous. Forty is mentioned over 150 times or so in the Bible. Now, sometimes in the same context, in the same story, it's repeated. Here's just a few. The number 40 generally symbolizes a period of testing, a trial, a probation, maybe a time to repent, a time to learn. During Moses' life, you remember that he lived 40 years in Egypt. 
And then specifically we know that he spent 40 years in the desert before God selected him. He's 80 years old before God selected him to lead the people out in slavery. Moses twice went up on Mount Sinai regarding the law, 40 days and nights that he spent up there, Exodus 24 and Exodus 34. He also sent the spies in to check out the land, the promised land, to investigate. He sent them in there for 40 days. The prophet Jonah, he powerfully warned ancient Nineveh. God told him, you remember, he ran, he fled from it. He didn't want to preach repentance to him because he didn't like the Ninevites. He didn't want to preach to him repentance because he knew God was a merciful God and God might forgive him, and he didn't want him forgiven. But eventually he goes, and guess how many days God sent him in there to preach repentance? Forty days, and they repented. So that's another significant 40 days. Ezekiel laid on his right side 40 days, Ezekiel 4, to symbolize Judah's sin, Elijah went 40 days without food or water on Mount Horeb. You recall that Jesus was tempted by the devil many times during 40 days and 40 nights of fasting before his ministry began. And during those 40 days, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter that we just read. He quoted three scriptures in Matthew, the 4th chapter, from the book of Deuteronomy. And one of them was a specific thing that God wanted his people to get and so Jesus repeats it again in his 40-day wilderness experience as he said, get behind me, Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus quoted that. He still wants us to get that. We don't live by manna. We don't live by that food, but we live by the words that proceed from the mouth of God. Eternity comes from what God speaks. Jesus also appeared... 40 days after he rose from the dead, before he ascended, the painting and picture back there we have of the stained glass, before he ascended, God chose for him to walk on this earth for 40 days. God chose that number. What has God done with you in the last 40 days? How's it been with you and God for the last 40 years? If you're not 40, four years. How's your relationship with him? Deuteronomy the 8, 2 above says that God wanted to know what was in their hearts. And then in James it asks, for what is your life? What is in your heart? What's in your life? God already knows, but he wants you to know what he's put in there, what he wants in there, in your heart, in your life. So I ask you, how's it been with you and God over the last 40 years? about the last 40 days of your life. I want to go back and list seven things that God wanted them to learn. I think it's still seven things that God wants me to learn and for you to learn. We never stop learning this, but here are seven that I listed out of Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. God specifically said to humble you. This is happening because I'm going to humble you. I'm going to test you. And again, we know that Satan may come against us. We have to use discernment to know, is God testing me in this? But he tested them. To humble them, that's number one. To test you, to know what is in your heart, that's number three. God wanted to know whether you would keep his commandments or not. Then he also quotes again, and I, I quote it again, man shall not live by bread alone. He wanted them to get this. I'm going to feed you with manna because I want you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's the fifth thing. 
He wanted us to learn. He repeats the commandments. And then number six, I want you to walk in my ways. And number seven, he ended with, I want you to fear me. Repeatedly in the Bible, we're told that we're to be in awe and high respect and honor of who God is. We're studying the book of James during the week, a couple of Bible studies we got. And, and one of them we learned this week about wisdom, that the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to be in awe of who he is. Have you learned that? Are you learning that? We will continue to learn these things. Two weeks ago, I began 40 days a journey in prayer. This came out of this sermon. I just pulled up on the internet and I clicked up 40 days of prayer. I was amazed at how many churches and all are doing 40 days of prayer. And I'm going to continue to challenge you with this over the next few weeks. But I started it myself personally and I'm already even <clears throat> things that God's dealing with me that I didn't realize until I began to intercede and pray. And so I want to challenge you that even right now, I'm asking the Holy Spirit might speak to some of you about something in your life. Maybe two or three things. I have three specific things God is going to deal with me in these 40 days. Now, I've been into it about two weeks. Now, I went online and I found this particular one. And I, I want to give it to you. And I'm going to end up putting it in the bulletin announcement sheet. But I, I found one and I read several of the devotions. I, it was solid. It's called 40 Days, A Journey in Prayer. It's a PDF file. You can print it out. That's what I did. I printed it out. And then it's got the scripture 714, 1 Chronicles 714, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You know the scripture. So it says 714. You can type in just 40 days, a journey in prayer, and it'll come up, PDF file, if my people. I encourage you to go ahead and pull it up and get it. I'll put it in there. But I've been praying that, and part of that was born out of something that happened in this sanctuary. A person called me a while back and asked, could I come to your church and just use your sanctuary for a time of prayer? I said, absolutely. I said, people ask that all the time. Some of you have come in here maybe by yourself. The staff, we come in here sometimes and pray, and then sometimes by ourselves. I'll just come in here and just, just be alone with God. So this person came, and they stayed in here a couple of hours. They told me they had arrived, and I mentioned to the staff, somebody's in there praying, and they said, okay. Well, toward the end of the prayer time, he texts me, and he's, he said, I'm, I'm in here. Would you come in here and agree with me over something? He's about my age, and so we knelt down right here, and uh, we interceded, and we prayed together for something in his life. Again, all of that in the preparing this sermon, I realized even some of the same things that he shared, I'm struggling with. And so I also pulled up Rick Warren. Some of you are familiar with the name Pastor Rick Warren. Saddleback Church, years ago, the book Purpose Driven Life, Purpose Driven Church, well, he challenged his church, and he wrote a book. And now he's a millionaire writing all these books that he writes. I'm going to write a book one day. I, but he wrote a book about 40 days and challenged his church. These are some words from Rick Warren, and maybe the Lord might speak to you about your 40-day experience. Life doesn't always go as planned. Can I get amen? It doesn't. It doesn't. At some point, you will face impossible obstacles and barriers. Situations that make you think there's no way this is going to work out. God wants to help you. He wants you to help you handle uncertainty when it comes your way. And it will. 
He's ready. God is ready. He's willing to give you a breakthrough, a time of testing, maybe a, a time of learning. But it doesn't just happen spontaneously. God wants you to spend time with Him. Things can happen when you seek His face. And the way that you seek Him, Warren says, is through prayer and through His Word. Because we need His Word, because we just read, man's not going to live by bread alone, Harvey. You're not going to figure it out by just bread alone, by all that's around you. You're going to learn it and know it, and man shall live by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'm still learning that. Here I'm preaching, but I'm still learning that. Struggles. Maybe you've got a struggle that you need to pray about over 40 days of God to help either deliver you from it. Maybe relationships have been so wounded and so broken and you're still dealing with it. And maybe in these 40 days, God will help you through that to heal you. Financial difficulties. Gee, it's a bad habit. Golly, God, we're around. We live in a world of so many struggles of habits. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's a major decision. And I've sought God and fasted times. I've made major decisions. Maybe it's a health crisis. The news was not good. Some of you are facing that right now. Perhaps maybe that's something that you can intercede and be with God for 40 days. So I encourage you to join into that. I'm going to keep encouraging you to do that over the next few weeks. Let me close with this, the 40 seconds. Things can happen quickly, and surely they can happen less than 40 seconds. We'll just use that as an example. For some reason, I've preached about these two thieves on the cross many times. It keeps coming back to my sermons. But recall, Jesus is in the middle. He's dying for your sins and mine. There are two thieves on the cross. They have a conversation. One of them mocks Jesus. If you're really the Son of God, why don't you come off the cross? Why don't you just save us all? The other one leans over and says, hey, Hawk. Hey, buddy. We deserve what we're getting. This man hasn't done anything wrong. And you remember just in a few seconds, Remember the title of that sermon, Tomorrow Has Been Canceled? For these two guys, tomorrow is going to be canceled. So the one over here looks at Jesus and simply says, within a few seconds, will you please remember me in your kingdom? Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Quickly that happened, just in a matter of seconds. I want to ask you this morning, do you know the Lord? You know, in a matter of seconds, you don't have to worry about if tomorrow is canceled or not. You can know the Lord. He wants you to walk with Him. Not only 40 days, He wants you to walk with Him for 40 years. He wants you to walk with Him forever. Let's pray together. God, we love you today. I praise your holy name. I thank you, God. Your grace has been with not only me, but so many of us have testimony. God's grace has been with us in these 40 days, these 40 years, these 50, 60 years. Thank you, God. We praise your holy name. Bless us now as we respond to your word. We thank you, God, for your word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn is Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. It is hymn number 369.